so unwise, so unwise, you and the things that you do. Listeners, and welcome to this, the third and final of our individual self-portrait assignment shows. My name's Graham, and I'll be your host for this evening on this adventure through making a complete tit of myself for the most part, and most certainly reaping what I sowed. Uh, as you will all know by now, the whole self-portrait thing was my idea. Um, I did put it out to a public vote, but the public largely decided not to vote. So I thought, well, somebody needs to make a decision here. So I did, um, because I thought doing self-portraits would be fun. And um, um, one of the first things you will discover this evening, uh, or this morning, depending on when you listen to this, is that I hate being sat here talking to myself. Um, It's not my cup of tea at all. probably come as quite a surprise to anybody who's ever heard me rabbiting away and never seemingly needing to pay any attention to anybody else when they're actually on the show that I really haven't been looking forward to just sitting down here in front of the computer to do this. Um, I find it very difficult talking without somebody else around me to tell me to shut up for the most part. And I have nothing but respect for all the podcast hosts out there who regularly do solo shows. I don't know how you guys do it. Anyway, that aside, let's talk about self-portraits. Let's talk about why I picked self-portraits. One was definitely just um, spite, (laughs) because I knew that out of the three potential subjects, I think one of the subjects, I'm trying to remember what they were now, but I think panoramas was one of them. I can't remember what the second one was, and self-portraits was the third one. And I knew that out of those three both Aid and Rachel would least want to do self-portraits. So that was quite a big motivator. I'm not going to lie. Uh, the second reason was I really do quite like seeing people self-portraits. I, I I love seeing what people choose to represent themselves as in pictures. And the third reason is I've got a bit of a history of, with self-portraits myself. Um, infamous in some cases, but... When I first got into photography back in uh, 2011, um, we I joined this forum uh, called The Pixelated Photographer, which long-term listeners will have heard us talking about, um, and that's where I actually met Aid in the first place. And on the Pixelated Photographer forums, they used to have regular monthly challenges where they'd set us a, you know, go and take the picture on this theme or that theme. You know, a bit like we've done on the show with the Cheap Shots Challenge and we're now doing with assignments. Um, and quite a few of those challenges I decided to carry out 
using myself as a model because I didn't really have anybody else. My children were too young at that point to be um, prepared to play ball in any meaningful way. And so on a few occasions, I sort of set up sometimes fairly ridiculous scenarios um, to take self-portraits. At that point, um, I was obviously shooting digital. I think the first one I did... uh, I was trying to represent myself uh, as a video gamer, and so I got this fairly elaborate setup. I will, I'll try and remember to share these pictures somewhere. I will share these pictures. You can trust me. You know I'm good for it. Um, so I had this setup where the camera I was using was a real basic, cheap Fuji bridge camera kind of thing. This plastic lump of 3.2 megapixel goodness. So. I positioned myself staring towards the TV, put the camera uh, probably just on the table in front of the TV facing me and then lit myself (laughs) using a laptop on the floor in front of me so that the screen was lighting me up from that. Took the picture like that, sort of me leaning forward with the controller in my hands and then took a screenshot of some video game and then in Photoshop or something like Photoshop, I, I I think whatever skills I had back then, I've clearly lost. They've definitely atrophied. But I sort of managed to layer the one over the other and kind of curve it. And it was quite a performance, um, but I had fun doing it. There was another one where I think the assignment, the challenge topic was forced perspective. So I had a situation where I had my camera set up on the tripod in my living room. By this point, I think I must have had the Canon 30D. And right in front of the Canon 30D, I had this small plastic toy robot thing, which I kind of posed into an aggressive attacking form. And then I had a builder's lamp right out in my garden. Uh, So I would uh, hit the remote timer on the camera leg it out into the garden and throw myself onto the floor in a pose that I thought would you know, look about right for me being mauled by a robot. And I kind of spent my entire evening running backwards and forwards in and out of the garden, um, trying to see if I'd got a picture that made it convincingly look like I was being attacked by a giant robot. Um, so yeah, self-portraits, or, or at the very least using myself as a model, is something that I've had quite a lot of fun with in the past. And I haven't done much since I started shooting film. Um, there are a few exceptions to it. I think we are all um, quite fond of, you know, if you've got a few shots left at the end of the roll, well, may as well take a mirror selfie or um, something like that. So there's been pictures like that, including the infamous shirtless picture, um, which nobody seems to be able to forget about. Uh, (laughs) I think think that might be the very definition of mental scarring. Um, But yeah, so I thought, oh, this would be quite a good fun thing to do. And, And I also thought, along with that, having an individual podcast for each of us would be a fun thing to do because the podcasts are also a reflection of us, the things we choose to talk about, the way we present ourselves. Um, and they're probably about as true to life as a, a picture as a self-portrait is. And when we're all on the show together, it's all a little general mess. Actually, no, I, yeah, I think it'd be good to see what we all individually do with the show. Um even down to things like the music choices. You'll have noticed over the last three shows, we've all used different music because I said to the guys, well, look, you know, 
you pick something that reflects you. So um, Rach picked the music that uh, she's used previously in her Underexposed show, um, which I know a friend of hers composed for her. Uh, I can't remember. I think AIDS was some music from um, Kevin MacLeod from Incompetech, but it was something, you know, different and more AID than some of the other stuff. And I put some music this week, which actually is a song that I have long loved. And it was definitely um, a song that I was like, I'd I'd quite like to use this as the intro (laughs) for the podcast in general. Um, But given the lyrics, I thought, whilst it might be applicable to me, Many of our guests might be offended if uh, they came on to the tune of So Unwise, The Things That You Do. But um, the music is actually from a friend of mine, their band, um, The Epstein, which is a really good band. I really love the music and I'm actually going to stick the whole song on at the end of the show because it's great. And you guys need to check them out and I'll put all the show links and stuff like that in there. So that's why I picked to do self-portraits. And I thought that I would be buzzing through this I had so many ideas people I wanted to talk to things I wanted to do um and so it's kind of baffling really I'm sure you're baffled why you're getting the show a day late because as I record this I know that this will be a day late going out because I'm recording this but pretty much the time I should be putting the show out and I'm going to be talking to somebody (laughs) tomorrow so you can see the problem um and that's because getting stuff done is always trickier than thinking about doing stuff. One of my all-time favourite quotes is from the late, great Douglas Adams, who said, uh, I love deadlines. I love the whooshing noise they make as they go past. And I'm definitely enjoying my hair blowing in the breeze as this one scuds by. A large part of my time over the last few weeks has been spent thinking about what I wanted my self-portrait to be about. I, now, now I know that there is a school of thought that a self-portrait is just a picture of you. Um, I had this conversation with a good friend who shall remain nameless because I don't want to point any fingers at Jeremy. Oh, damn. Anyway, um, and Jeremy just says, it's just a picture. It's a picture of you. Um, now, that's fine. And if that's the way you view it. But I think um, self-portraits can at least offer an opportunity for some self-reflection. Uh, because even if you're taking a picture of somebody else, you know, you're, you're trying to draw somebody something out of that person. Generally, you're trying to kind of get a feeling for them. So if you're taking a picture of yourself, surely there's some element of that going on in there. And when it's a self-portrait, we're making all of the choices then. We're making the choice about how we're trying to portray ourselves and what we share and what we don't share and, you know, all of it. And so... I've been spending a lot of time just kind of trying to figure out well, what what me am I going to try and present, um, and and it's been difficult because we are all we all contain the multiplicity. That's not the saying, but you know what I mean. Um, but we are all we, we're all complex people. We're all made up of a lot of different things. A lot of different things. Um, inform how we engage with the world and different people see us in different ways um and am i going to try and take pictures in the way that i see myself am i going to try and take pictures in the way that i think other people see me am i going to try and take pictures in the way that i want to be like um so i had lots of thoughts like this and and i've been thinking a lot about other people's self-portraits and how they approach it 
and the general kind of headology, the, the what's going on, the, the thought process, and uh, just general mindset, and, and what what the act of taking self portraits you know can mean to people. Um, and so I sought out somebody who can have more coherent thoughts on this than I can, because as you're listening to this rambling, you're realizing that I do not have much in the way of coherent thoughts. Um, so I put the call out and said, does anybody know of a psychologist I can talk to about this stuff? Because I figured that that would be a good plan. And amazingly, somebody did get back to me and went, yeah, my wife's a psychologist. I bet she'd be up for it. Um, so I reached out and fortunately she was. So the first thing I want to hit you with this evening is a conversation I had with Elizabeth Matiacic. I had a lovely time chatting to Liz. We covered a really diverse range of subjects from self-image to body issues, mental health, um, all sorts of stuff. Um, we spoke for over an hour about this. Um, but in order to keep this show from being massive, um, I am going to present a very edited down version of that tonight. I think there's less than half of our conversation in this show. So if you are interested in this um, and if you'd like to hear more, I will put a link to the entire conversation I had with Liz in the show notes. And I think it's well worth listening to if it is uh, your cup of tea. So I'll hand you over now to myself in conversation with Liz. The first thing I need to ask you, Liz, is how do I actually pronounce... <laughs> Your surname. Have my surname. Yeah, it's a bit of a tricky one, isn't it? Um, it's it's Matiacic. Matiacic. That is nothing yep. like what I thought it was going to be. Okay. <laughs> Let's start off with what you actually do, your field of expertise, because I'm guessing from your email address that you work in education. Yes. So what do you actually do? So I'm a counselling psychologist and I work at a university campus um, providing counselling to the students. And which university is that? Uh, RMIT University, which is the Royal Melbourne Institute of Technology. And how long have you been there for? Oh, 20 years. Oh, a good long time then. Yes, yes. <laughs> and... Um... Obviously, your your husband, who has um, dropped you <laughs> dropped you into this in the first place, your husband, John, because I, I yes. reached out and said, look, I'm looking for somebody to help me with the psychological side of all of this, because um, I'm quite yes. fascinated by why we do the things that we do um, yes. and and the effects of the things that we do and, and all of that stuff. And uh, your husband, John, said, oh, oh, my wife, my wife can very much help with that. It's like, great, thank you. <laughs> so so you, you have to live with a photographer. Are blessed I to do. live with a photographer. <laughs> I do. I get to live with a photographer and all of his equipment, which there's quite a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that does tend to go with the territory quite a lot. Um, so I, I've asked you to be here today uh, in, in a civilized time in the afternoon for you, and far, far too early in the morning for me because I am not a morning person. <laughs> but we've both got our cups of tea, so that's the most important we thing. We do. <laughs> we are set at opposite ends of the world, but we've both got our cups of tea. Um, Absolutely. Because I wanted to talk to you about self portraits. Um, because when I started thinking about this, um, it really got my brain kicking in a lot of different directions. Um, we live in a world now where um, the selfie has become a, a huge thing and we are putting ourselves in front of people 
in a lot of different ways, far more frequently than we ever used to. And I think there's a lot that comes with that, um, both good and bad, I suspect. Um, yes. And, and in your position, I would imagine you get to see the effects of some of this stuff floating around as well at work. Yeah. But I think the first thing is about the idea of self-image, because you work with younger people. And yes. um, and self-image is especially important, it seems, to people who are young, you know, who are forming their identity. Um, yes. Uh, and the way that you present that uh, out to the world. Um, how important is the way that we present ourselves to people's actual sense of their own identity? You know, is there a fairly direct correlation in that way? Yeah, look, I think um, I think we put ourselves out into the world, and I, I was thinking about this in terms of selfies. Um, it, it is a, perhaps a, a seeking of validation from others. Um, we certainly do present a very specific um, and tailored image to the world. Like, you know, you won't find people, um, you know, putting up their ugly pictures with bad lighting and, uh, you know, it's always like hold the camera up so that you've got your best angle and all of that sort of stuff um, and putting filters on things to make them look, you know, um, softer and, and more attractive. Um, so I, th I think it is a form of seeking validation, um, you know, that we, we're all driven to to want to feel accepted, to feel that we're, you know, good enough, attractive enough. And, and I think particularly for young women, um, you know, I think it's a huge thing um, that you see, you know, and I've got a daughter, she's nine, you know, and I can already see that she's already sort of starting to take selfies and, and wanting to sort of compare notes with her friends and, and you know, that, that invitation for someone to say, oh, beautiful, or you look great. And, um, you know, it's never just put out into the world just to exist. It's sort of, it's put out into the world with the hope that there'll be some sort of a response. Yeah, there does seem to be a delineation between the idea of a self-portrait and the selfie, the one being a more deliberate and thought out um, and constructed image, and the second one, more of a spur of the moment thing. But that said, I think it's also quite clear that it's a very thin grey line between the two. Does the way that people portray themselves, whether it's, you know, I mean, let's talk about selfies for the time being, because I think that's the far mm. more common thing. Um, yes. Does the way that people portray themselves um, change actively depending on the mental space that they're in when they're doing that? I mean, do you do you think that um, people are going to see a real shift? Is, is it accurately reflecting people or is it always going to be a more staged production even with selfies, do you think? Um, I mean, that's a really interesting question. Um, I think that, um, I mean, it probably very much depends on the person. I think there always is an element of staging in, in selfies. Um, but um, I actually listened to a lot of podcasts myself and um, was listening to a really interesting one that was talking about Instagram and and um, uh, it was the story of a woman who went through a period of, you know, a very bleak period of being quite depressed, um, suicidal at, at times. Um, and she looked back through her Instagram account at the sort of images, selfies, but other images as well that she was putting up at that time. And there was a distinct difference between those and the ones that she was currently sort of sharing um, in a state of wellness. Um, yeah. There was a certain... Uh, grayness, colourlessness to the images. Um, they were definitely much more bleak in reflection of where she was at mentally um, compared to later on when she was in a better headspace when, you know, they were much more um, joyful and bright and colourful. Yeah. How much do you think, I mean, intentionally or unintentionally, there's a lot of talk these days about 
signaling signaling through social media yeah. how much do you think that we tell people about ourselves and um and our thoughts and our attitudes through the pictures we present of ourselves whether you know whether they are as i said selfies or more deliberate self-portraits or even if they're just the pictures that other people have taken that we've chosen to share how much information yeah. are we actually giving to people when we share those um well it could could it sort of range from not a lot to to a great deal i think you know um there's the classic sort of snaps of um you know this is me where i'm at at this place in time or me on my holiday um a friend of mine recently shared um something he did with a gopro uh so they're in bali at the moment and you know he he had the mounted the camera on the gopro and had it sort of zooming out and doing all these incredible um you know images of video images of of the of the holiday that looked almost like a professional sort of um ad for bali um <laughs> and, and you know it, it's amazing how watching that immediately sort of takes you in to that holiday with him so that's he's someone who's very open and kind of wanting to to reveal you know happy to reveal a lot um and then, you know, there's others that are probably much more careful in what they post. Like I, I have to say for me, I don't always share the lower moments um, of my life. I will tend to perhaps, because um, I see myself as more of an optimistic person. Uh, and so I guess I try to show that side of my personality more than maybe some of the more negative sides of my personality. Yeah. So, um, you know, I think it can vary a great deal. But I think, yeah, I, I do think we reveal feel ourselves even if it is crafted um even if it is with a deliberate purpose of of seeking approval or perhaps seeking sympathy or empathy from others um or seeming like we're interesting um that yeah that that sort of and the likes you know the thing about the likes is always really interesting of counting the likes the place where we see most self-portraits or at least um portraits of people that they have selected is in profile pictures whether it's on facebook or instagram or yep. twitter and um and even those little windows can be quite interesting um because again you see the context yeah. and and it's 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 interesting in how people choose to in that little window represent their life and um so on on facebook you know you'll quite often see um more more mothers than fathers i would say but quite often you see mothers with their children because it's that thing of saying look this is at this point in my life this is what represents my life primarily and um and you know and how they position themselves with regards to those i was thinking okay are, are they you know are they putting themselves towards the front of that are they putting themselves towards the back you know is that telling us something about how they i don't know value their importance within the their life and the scene as a whole yes um, yeah um... Yeah, look, I think it absolutely can. Um, and you're right, I think the profile picture and, and the banner that, that goes on the Facebook page are, are very telling um, choices. And I was actually talking about this with John when this first came up and he said, oh, you know, would you speak to this this fellow? And I said, oh, but happy to. So I don't know if I can really um, add, add much. You know, I don't know that much about photography myself. And, and we just started to have a conversation about selfies and Facebook. And, and um, I said, oh, it's interesting to me that you don't have a profile picture, that John's profile picture is of a... Uh, a bicycle um, on on a trail, a bush trail. Um, that's his profile picture, and his his background, the banner picture, is yeah. like of a 
turtle from the Galapagos Islands and, um, you know, is one of his, you know, really lovely um, wildlife shots that he's taken. Um, and and I said, oh, that's really interesting that you don't put yourself in there at all. Mm. Um, whereas for me it's like it's important to have, um, you know, my, myself in there that, that I want, you know, if people are sort of looking for me and want to go, oh, is that Liz, you know, is that the Liz that we know that they can look at that image and go, oh, yes, that's her. Yeah. Um, so, but he sort of said, you know, no, I, that's a deliberate choice to not put my photograph there, um, that he, he would rather have the photos sort of speak to his interests and passions. So the first one is, you know, bushwalking and outdoors and, and all those things that he loves and, and the other one obviously is the photography and wildlife. So, um, you know, I think he thinks rightly so that, that that's enough to represent him without showing his actual image. Yeah, I, I, um, Rachel, um, one of my co-hosts, um, did a show previously on this and she was talking to an art teacher about this and the idea that a self-portrait can be, you know, can not include the person itself and just be a representation of the things that are meaningful to that person and that still gives you a window into that person's life and that's, you know, that's really interesting that that's what John chose to do because, I mean, it's, you're right and arguably in some ways that's, more telling you can learn more from that it, about him than you can just from a, a picture of his face which perhaps doesn't yeah. um tell you anything about it yeah um and and also it's interesting that um john's displaying a, a not uncommon trait amongst photographers in that he's not keen right. on being in front of the camera um this is no why do you think that is why do you think as a not as a whole i mean there are definitely people on both sides but I certainly hear more photographers um, with an antipathy towards being the subject of pictures than mm. um, the non-photographers. Yeah, I mean, it's a really interesting observation and I would say that it's true from, from my observations as well. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know that I can really enlighten you much about that, about why a photographer might feel less inclined to for, to go for the self-portrait. Um, yeah, it's, maybe it's something. I mean, in John's case, I've always thought it's because the style of photography that he likes. He does like to take portraits, but he, he really loves the wildlife stuff. Um, and, and I guess... Um, seeing nature and it's sort of un as untouched by humans as possible means that you can't put yourself in the picture. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, maybe there is a discomfort around that. It's it's more comfortable being on the other side of the camera rather than, um, you know, feeling perhaps exposed because there is something exposing about your image, you know. And I know, I know you said um, when we were, when I was saying, oh, you know, is that you on, on Skype? Um, and you said, yes, and you could probably tell some <laughs> things about me from my picture. <laughs> And I thought that was interesting that you would say that, but um, you know, there is a sense of like, oh, what is that giving away about me? Mm. I, I wonder with the uh, with the photographers' general lack of desire to be in pictures, particularly, I think, and I think it is more in pictures that other people are taking. I wonder whether there's an element of control, and yeah, yes, uh, and it's amplified because photographers know what. Power they have over people's image when they're taking pictures and the ability to choose which ones they do and don't share and and they do not wish to subject themselves to that at the hands of other people yeah yeah no absolutely absolutely I know I've had there's been times where I've had to take a picture of John as in you know close-up of his face for something that he needs to provide for work and um, he'll very carefully position the you know he'll light it he'll already compose the whole thing in his head and I've just got to like 
click the button and then he'll have a look at what I've done he'll go no that's not quite right and then he'll reposition and and so on so it's like there is an element of wanting to control it um when you are so used to being able to do that and understanding how it all comes together, you know, with the light and the positioning and, yeah, all of the the rules that you might apply to create a sort of a pleasing image or a pleasing portrait. Yeah. So when it comes to self-portraits, there's there's a few different ways that they can, well, there's many different ways that they can be approached. Um, and how constructed uh, or fantastic or um, representative or real to life can can vary hugely. Um, do you think that exploring your self-image can be a useful thing for people to do? I know that I've spent a lot of time thinking about this the last few days. <laughs> Is it a useful exercise? Look, I think it can be. Um, you, you know, one of the things that I see in my work a lot, particularly with young people, but it's really at any age, is that we all have this incredibly um, bully-like inner critic um, that likes to list all our flaws um, ad nauseum in our head and can be more vicious to us, um, you know, than uh, than we would ever be to anybody else. And I think that um, sometimes, you know, the difficulty in looking at your own image is that you tend to focus on the flaws because of that inner critic. You're seeing it through the filter of that inner critic. Um, you know, oh, gosh, you know, look at the bags under my eyes or, you know, I've got a double chin there or, you know. So to, to be able to sort of um, have the courage to, to look at that and, and, perhaps try to see um, what's good about that um, could be a really healing well-being thing to do but quite challenging you know because that that inner critic it's pretty powerful you know it's a hard thing to 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 get it to calm down yeah yeah I mean I I know I'm I'm in my 40s now and uh, you know my body is not I mean my body (laughs) I was starting from a low baseline anyway, and as happens in middle age, everything's kind of just going south, and you know it's. Yes, like, oh. I hear you. <laughs> um, and and so I've been thinking about okay, if I'm going to take my picture, what what do I want? What do I want my picture to reflect? Do I want to be like um, like John's picture, where I, I want it to reflect the things that I'm interested in? Do I want it to? be a picture of just a a very direct picture of me here i am deal with it everybody (laughs) like it or not here i am what's it all (laughs) yeah yeah um i I, again aid one of my other co-host um he was talking to somebody else uh this week and um his conversations and his um direction that he was heading in was creating more of um a fantastic vision of himself kind of like a, a a I think they were talking about you know, kind of the rock star or the racing car driver. Kind yep. of trying to, to uh, um, well, you're into musical theatre. You know, you want the idea of being yes. somebody that you maybe you are in real life. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, what, what are the values to these different approaches? I mean, nothing. Your musical theatre actually is really useful here. What what's the value to us of getting ourselves out of our skin for a while in the way we portray ourselves to others? Yeah, yeah. Oh, look, I think there's huge value to it. Um, I mean, it's it's apart from sort of sparking the imagination um, and allowing ourselves to fantasise about other possibilities or other identities. Um, you know, it's it's um it's just it's it's freeing. I think is what it is. It's very freeing. Um, 
I can speak about that from a musical theatre point of view of, you know, one of the things I love about um, playing somebody else is that that other person doesn't have the the worries and challenges or, you know, difficult things that I might be dealing with. Um, and it's a form of escape, you know. Yeah. Um, and uh, that sort of those few moments of time when I'm portraying that person person and pretending to be that person with all of the costumes and makeup and wigs and things that go with that to completely transform you um it it just feels like an oasis like a break you know um and and fun you know because sometimes these characters would do things that I would never do um in my real life um so there's something very freeing about that and I think it would be the same with you know how you might choose to represent yourself in a photo um you know choosing to to do something fantastical like that um is really about yeah being letting that imagination run free but feeling free from constraint because everyone can see you're in a costume you know no one's gonna sort of look at that necessarily as you but you know as you playing a character and there is I guess there's also a safety in that too. You know, you, you're you're behind that character. It's yeah. not really completely exposing of you. With regards to sort of just general wellness and, and mental health, I, I, one of the things that I've been thinking about, and and it's been reflected back listening to my friends going through this process with the self-portraits, um, is that spending going through the thing of particularly doing a self-portrait rather than a selfie so a more thought out and more considered thing has maybe therapeutic isn't quite the right word but because you are spending time thinking about yourself and who you are and what's important to you um that it does seem to have a, a kind of a beneficial effect in that you're, you're giving yourself some time and giving yourself some attention in a way that we're not always great at doing in general day-to-day life. We're usually filled with other things, work, other people, children, whatever. Do you, do you think that there's any validity to that? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And in fact, I wouldn't hesitate setting it for someone as a homework exercise. You know, um, I, I often um, get people to do things like, you know, journaling or, or writing down, um, you know, for example, I'm, I'm very much into positive psychology. And so utilising the, the psychology of wellness to understand how we can help people to feel better, um, which involves things like, you know, a lot of buzzwords that you'd, I'm sure, be very familiar with because they get talked about a lot now of, of around gratitude and mindfulness and being present and savouring, you know, being in a state of flow, all of these things that you can sort of invoke and and photography um, and and coming up with a very sort of deliberate plan around the image that you will represent in a self-portrait and what that means and what that says about you um, would tick all of those boxes. Um, So I I absolutely think that that would be, um, you know, a, a great a great thing to do in fact it just reminds me of a friend of mine did something and I, I don't know whether it's again one of those things that goes around that people do but it's like it's a three 365 day challenge where you're supposed to take a photograph a day for, for the full year yeah um and, and and you know you have to choose what obviously each daily photograph is going to be but it keeps you very mindful um about what it is that you want to share and what it is that you want to capture about every day um and i think that's actually incredibly healthy um and can be something that can really contribute to a sense of well-being um to to particularly if you've got a positive focus to it of like you know what was beautiful about today or or what was a a moment that I want to remember about today even if it wasn't beautiful um yeah it can be I think photography is, is definitely a vehicle 
to, to wellness that you could utilise that could really be tapped and used more. We talked a bit earlier about um, people using their, you know, reflecting their interests and um, hobbies and passions in their photographs, sometimes with them, um, sometimes just as John has, um, just with, yeah. <laughs> here's a bike, <laughs> that's me. Oh, my God, you're married to a bike. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> yes. I, I know that... Um, one of the very common photographers' pictures that you see, um, not some, you know, I'm not saying this is necessarily self-portrait, more in the selfie realm again here, but on Twitter and Instagram, um, where you see most people's self-images is that thing of a, of a photographer with the camera up in the front of their face. And yeah. that kind of fascinates me because it's a bit yeah. like portraits of people wearing reflective mirrors uh, reflective sunglasses um yeah. because on the one hand it's going look i'm a photographer it's some very clear signaling <laughs> on the other hand yes. it's also going but i don't like my face very much <laughs> yeah no absolutely uh, and i think you're hiding behind the camera um so it's obviously a very deliberate choice to put that in there and i think yes the two the two reasons i think you're absolutely right about one is to just really signal yes this is what I do and this is what I love and maybe this is my camera because um, you know John my husband he's into um, sort of more vintage cameras and you know Leicas and um, rangefinder cameras mm -hmm. and um, gosh I sound like such an expert yeah um, yeah so he you know he finds that uh, even if he's using the cameras and out and about people will stop and go oh what's that camera and um and that'll start up a whole conversation and so I think the camera itself can be like a piece of art um that could you know that you might want to include to sort of mm. not say look at my camera but but in a way it's sort of I guess even the choice of the type of camera that you're using is saying something about you as well yeah yeah so as I mentioned I've got to do this project <laughs> the stupid thing is this was my idea yeah. But but the downside of this is that I have to deal with this as well, which I I probably should have thought about more. And as I said earlier, I've been I've been thinking about this a lot over the last week about well, how do I represent myself now? Because I you know I'm in my I'm I'm a middle aged person by any definition. I'm forty. Uh, four, <laughs> yeah, I'm 44. Yeah. I'm at an age where I've forgotten how old I am, so I'm definitely middle aged. Um, <laughs> yes, and um, and I think quite a lot of people who are in our audience are, you know, around the same point in their life. A bit, you know, some are a bit younger, some are a bit older, but there's a broad spectrum in the middle because we are people who have, you know, have got the time and the energy to start to engage with this hobby again, um, mm. and um. <sighs> It's how do you represent yourself when you're at a point where, you know, at this age, who who are we? You know, I mean, we, our children are starting to get older and you said you, you've got a nine-year-old. Um, and so yep. our role as a, you know, vital care is still important, but it, it, it's yep. not as all-defining as it once was. Um, yeah. And, you know, our, our, our career paths are well set in and, and but we've still got half of our entire lives in front of us all being well um yeah yeah how if if i was to put in front of you okay let's um how would you represent if, if you could take any op, you know, opportunity how would you like to represent yourself in the way that you're going to put it in front of somebody else how would you approach that at this point Mm. Yeah, I, I mean, I think what you're saying is so fascinating because I'm also as a middle-aged person, you know, very much think about the fact that 
um, so much of your early life is spent in striving towards something, mm. um, you know, finishing your education, choosing a career, getting established in that career, getting that job that, you you know, you might really like to do, meeting a partner, you know, perhaps having children, perhaps getting married, perhaps buying a house, all of those major milestones and then you get to our age and you say okay well we've done those things what now <laughs> the slow um, fade into obscurity <laughs> yeah you know and there's something really i think um terrifying about that um when you, you know because it's like we've reached the top of the hill and now we're going down down the mm. other side um which is a very depressing thing to think <laughs> about one's life um so i think it, it is um just like i guess our, our early 20s are a stage of of establishing a sense of identity maybe middle age and your 40s is another phase of doing that mm-hmm. uh, it's a re-establishing it's a it's a re sort of um yeah looking over it and and sort of saying who yeah who am i exactly and what do do I want um, to, to what do what, what what do I want to be known about me? Um, there's a really interesting exercise that um, there's a form of therapy called acceptance and commitment therapy or ACT, um, and one of the exercises that is commonly done with clients is to get them to think about their obituary, which is very <laughs> gloomy sort of thought. Um, I sometimes reframe it as when you're sitting on your porch and you're a grandparent um, and you're talking to your grandchildren, what what do you want um, your legacy to be? What would you like said about you? Um, you know, which is, I think, a really interesting question that can really hone us into what our values are and what's important to us. Uh, and it's probably something that's really relevant at this stage of life, you yeah. know, to start to think about that. Yeah, that's it. And, um, yeah, as you said, what do you want to leave behind? And and also, um, as you were talking, it made about the fact that, you know, you, your early 20s are a time when you look to think about what you want. I mean, maybe maybe, and maybe and the self-portrait is a, a good place to do this. It, it's a kind of way of going, okay, wh- what do I want the next the next 40 years to be? Uh, as a, um, a kind of statement of intent, a, a, a putting a flag in the ground, and as you said, going, oh, this is what I am, and, and this is you know, this is what I want to be and this is where things want to go, whether that is through um, fantastical and um, wonderful images or whatever it may be, but it can um, uh, it can be planting a flag in the ground and going, yeah, not done yet. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yeah, absolutely. I think we need to feel like we're not done yet. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's important. You know, it may be that we do have to reinvent ourselves, but, yeah, it's it's like, yeah, we need to set ourselves some new milestones and goals because there's that 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 striving is a um, – that's a healthy thing, I think. Yeah, yeah. And, and um, I mean, obviously self-portraits and self-portraiture as an art form has been around for a very, very, very long time. Um, yeah. I, and, I, you know, I was looking at some um, uh, early works and some paintings and stuff like that, and, and it's clear that it's yeah. it's been used in very different ways by different people. Um, but it is always, always telling somebody something usually intentionally I, mean, I think that maybe with some people less so but usually there's a fair amount of going look here i am or, or here i am in how i want you to see me um i was looking yeah. at um sort of pictures by um frida carlo who was mm. very much using the self-portraiture to kind of reflect how you know where she was in her life and her mental feelings and, and try and express that in her self-portraits um and so it can be a very good way of 
making a statement to the world where sometimes words can't sum up what you um, want to get out. Um, so, yeah. yeah, well, I, I, yeah. An image is a very efficient way of saying a lot of things, <laughs> isn't it? You know, with just that one image, you know, it takes a lot of words to sort of replicate what can be um, shown in an image. Um, and also there's a, there's a, extent to which it's also open to interpretation it's like how will the viewer perceive this and what will it bring up in them you know yeah um there's a there's a chance for them to sort of have their own response to that um and you know fred's response versus mary's response might be really different um yeah yeah absolutely i mean any picture we put out but particularly a self-portrait i think a self-portrait is um well obviously it's a unique way of doing things because every other image that a photographer takes is of something else and then they are then yeah. uh, and every portrait of us is taken by someone else so it's their view but a self-portrait is our view of us that we have chosen to share it is the most curated image that can possibly go out there um and so yeah the, but for, for all that we think we are saying one thing and showing one thing other people are going to draw something completely different from it. Um, yeah, and, absolutely. And, and that's out of our control, isn't it? That, that that's the that's the part of letting yeah. go. <laughs> and do you think? I mean, we talked earlier about um, creating um, a, a aspirational, fantastical um, self portraits, that kind of thing. Do you think that that by doing that, you could also kind of kickstart yourself? If you create an image of yourself that is an idealized version of you, is could could creating that, making it into a real thing, making it into a picture and then having that to look at, do you think that could also be a positive stimuli to just go, hey, yeah, look look at that picture of me being that. That's what I want to be and I can see me being that now. So, and drive yourself forward. Absolutely. Absolutely. Very powerful. Um, you know, I think, again, another intervention that I might use with clients is to have them sort of create a, a little photo board of, of what they're sort of aspiring towards and to visualise themselves as having arrived at that at that destination um, because it's incredibly motivating and, um, you know, it, it helps you stay focused on um you know, keeping your eye on the prize, you know, as the saying goes. Yeah. Um, and an image like that could beautifully sort of capture capture that and be very aspirational and something that is inspiring that you can, you know, have in your wallet that you look at every day or have as your profile pic on Facebook or whatever or, um, you know, that you see every day that reminds you of what it is that you're aiming towards. Yeah, yeah. No, that's, that's interesting to know because, like I said, I mean, our, our brains, it seems, are... Um... <laughs> <laughs> interestingly put together um but yeah. it also it means that there's lots of good ways that we can kind of hack them and trick them into yeah. perhaps better ways of thinking and better ways of behaving absolutely liz thank you so much for finding the time today to talk to me about all this So there you go. I had a lovely time chatting to Liz. Uh, I want to say a huge thank you to her and to her husband, John, for putting me in touch in the first place. As you can probably tell from that conversation, I have quite a bad habit of overthinking things. I think it's fairly safe to say. And by the end of last week, I'd spent the last four weeks thinking uh, about self-portraits an awful lot um, and not doing and diddly squat so it got to i think friday and i thought i 
really, really need to make a start on this thing, which I should have already finished by this point. Um, so I headed, you know what? I'll just run the audio. I It's getting pretty late in the day in terms of doing this assignment. Um, I, uh, we decided to do this three weeks ago, three, four weeks ago. It's been a while anyway, since we decided we were going to do it. And I'm supposed to be putting out the podcast this week uh, and it's Sunday and I have, well, I've just tried taking my first picture, um, which has been an exercise in anything that can, well, go wrong or at least make things more awkward so here's what I thought I would do I thought I would grab a TLR uh, because you know 12 frames of 120 is easier to shoot than 35 or 36 frames of 35 millimeter um, and I thought that framing it up might be a bit easier and all that stuff I thought, okay let's let's go with 120 let's go with a TLR I have a few TLRs um, so I grabbed my Yashica mat, a camera I love, uh, no, no, nowhere to screw in the cable release, um, neither did the 635, um, so I grabbed the Lubitel, uh, a camera I am not a big fan of, and uh, the Lubitel does have somewhere for a cable release, so that's pretty good, however I did think to check uh, the base of the Lubitel, and it, because I wasn't sure whether it had somewhere to screw in the tripod, it does, but the tripod uh, size, the um, screw is an old one and it is far too big to fit on my tripod. Uh, so I finally grabbed the uh, Flexoret, the Miopta Flexoret, um, which is a camera I've only shot one roll of film through so far, uh, and I found that roll of film. <laughs> when I opened up the camera I obviously hadn't even got as far as taking it out because it was still sat in there so I haven't even developed the roll of film from this camera yet so I don't know whether it works properly or not but I did some quick tests and it all seems to be fine and I'm running out of time a bit here so I grabbed the camera I grabbed the long long cable release uh, I grabbed a very rubbish tripod an old cheap lightweight Velbon tripod for the plain and simple reason that it fits in the box on my motorbike and I wanted to pop out on the motorbike today because it's quite nice if a bit windy as you can probably tell um, because I also forgot to pick up the woolly hat for the mic so apologies if this sounds a bit windy anyway chucked all that stuff on the bike and headed up to Minster Level Ruins uh, which is a location I've visited before and I've probably mentioned before on the podcast it's quite close by um, and as I name pretty much gives it away it's some old ruins it tends to be quite quiet here in the evening um, there's a few people about but not many and um, I guess it's quite a nice place to come and try and get some inspiration uh, and take some pictures uh, started getting myself set up and realized that the one thing I had done with the other cameras and hadn't done with the Miopter is look at the bottom of it uh, fortunately it does have a tripod mount Unfortunately, the tripod mount was the same size as the one on the Lubitel and not the same size as the thread on the tripod. Um, so that was that was kind of that, really. Um, what I have done, because I didn't want to go away completely empty-handed, so I found somewhere I could perch the camera, um, balance it, and sort of 
that will do. Uh, the one advantage was it meant I could then use the tripod as a stand-in for me for focusing, which was quite handy because I don't know what I would have done otherwise. That would have been quite difficult. Um, because of the height of the well, the old window ledge, I guess it was, um, that limited what kind of picture I could take. So it had to be a full-body picture because I had, couldn't raise it high enough to get my head in. Um, so there was lots of messing around, quite a lot of strange looks from the few people out walking here tonight. Um, but I've taken the picture. I've taken my first picture. Um, it was not terribly inspired at all. It was more a case of, well, this is a picture that I can take. Um, I've got to dash off now because I'm already running late for getting home for my dinner. So uh, it's a start, right? I mean, <laughs> if nothing else, it's a start. So uh, Sunday night then, not Friday. As starts go, that was pretty terrible and it stopped more or less just after it started. Um, but undaunted and also completely out of time, I have did not give up. So that led us to Monday. Um, I decided not to continue trying to use the um, Meoptoflex Ret because that lack of a an ability to get it on the tripod really, really made everything else far more, well, let's say impossible. I have a feeling that somewhere I might have an adapter um, that can screw into the bottom, but I'm not sure whether the adapter goes from a big screw on the tripod into a small screw into, into the camera or vice versa. Also, I have no idea where that adapter is. And as I didn't have any more time, I felt that that would be a poor use of the non-existent time I did have to go looking for it. So the following evening, I got my stuff together again, and this time I actually had a bit of a plan for what I wanted to do. When I'd headed out the previous evening, I really, I just hoped that getting out the door with the camera would somehow inspire me. You know that kind of thing, once you start moving, things just fall into place, that didn't happen at all. But um, Monday night, I actually had something of a plan for what I could do. The good thing was that plan was based around being at home and working from that space and going from there. Uh, and I actually wanted to try and use the dark shed. I had ideas about shooting maybe into the dark shed or in front of, and all of that comes with a massive benefit of all my stuff's at home conveniently and um, some other fringe benefits like I can you know, maybe try and develop stuff on the fly. Um, so that leads us on to the next bit of audio which I'm coming to you live and direct in this piece from aforementioned Dark Shed. So unwise you and the things that you do. Welcome to my dark room for uh, take two at trying to do a self-portrait. We are now on the Tuesday. Um, the show normally goes up, I think I may have mentioned before, on a Wednesday evening. Um, and as yet, I not only have no picture, I don't really have a show done yet either. Um, uh, so I guess this is it. This is <laughs> going to be part of it. Um, I thought I would talk to you from the dark room and I could go in and sit in front of the computer. I really didn't want to because I wanted to fill you in on how my second attempt has gone this evening. 120 was a good idea. 12 shots, far easier to get through than 36 shots or even 24 shots. But you know what's even easier to get through than 12 shots? One shot. One shot and done. Large format was clearly 
the way to go. Um, and so I thought, I'm going to set myself up at home, just use a large format camera, take a picture, how much simpler that will be. Obviously, I didn't want to make it too simple. So in order to give myself a little bit of a challenge, I thought I'll use paper negatives. Actually, no, not even paper negatives. Paper negatives, I mean, they're fun, but again, just too easy. I'm going to try paper direct positive. Now, Ilford direct positive paper is great. It's a lot of fun and it's notoriously not the easiest stuff to work with. So that's what I thought I would try and take my portrait with. Um, I got home about half past six and there was still quite a lot of light then and it was showing me on kind of the right place. Um, but I had to have my dinner and blah, blah, blah. And the light started to go. And so, well, let's just go through the setup that I ended up with. I realized quite quickly that natural light was not going to do the job. I'd already run out of enough natural light to make that work. So fortunately, I bought this fantastic little set of um, umbrellas and stands and stuff to use with a flash. So I thought this will be a great chance for me to try doing some lighting. So. I got the tripod out, got the camera mounted up on the tripod. This is my Intrepid camera, not Ronald. I wasn't feeling that strong today. I got out the light stand um, with a bounce reflector, the shiny one on the inside. I'm pretty sure that's a bounce reflector. I then found a, I think it's the PC sync cable that I plugged into the lens on my uh, Intrepid, which is a, I think it's a Schneider Kreuznach 150mm, I think. Um, and the other end of that, I plugged into the, um, I guess, the sending end of my very cheap flash triggers. So it's the bit you normally just put on the top of your camera if you're using an SLR, um, but it also has a port on that you can plug the thing into. Um, I very quickly found when I was testing that, that that was not sending a signal to the flash with any reliability. I don't know why. I don't know whether the problem was with the cable or with the socket or anything. Anyway, it doesn't matter. It wasn't working. Fortunately, by this point, that problem had kind of solved itself because um, the shutter speeds that I was going to work with were essentially infinity almost. <laughs> so um, I got my uh, bulb plunger again, light set up, uh, and my plan was um, set something like, I don't know, a one second shutter speed, which without flash is going to register nothing, but uh, open up the shutter and then use my remote release for the flash, just press the button on it, boom, flash, picture, beauty, etc. I did test this, I did do some dry runs with my digital camera uh, and it seemed to work because I like, okay this seems like it will in, at least in theory work. Um, obviously my digital camera I think the lowest ISO that will go down to is ISO 100 so um, the paper is more like ISO 3 somewhere around there. Um, so what I did was because the closest I could get was to shut down the aperture on my lens the f16 um, and try that uh, the plan being I would then shoot it wide open on my large format camera so the good thing about this is I'm doing it at home I've got my dark room still no electricity in my dark room um, so what I've had to do to make this functional tonight is I've run a extension lead in from the escape room where I record 
uh, and plug my um, red light into that. I've got a battery powered LED light for giving me what little light I also can then. And then I've got my tray set up here. So the plan was get it set up, take a picture, bring it straight in, develop it, admire the beauty, instant photo, job done. Took the first picture, click, fired the flash, uh, and this umbrella was pretty close because I'm a realist. I know I need as much light as I can get. So the, the, the flash was pretty close. Um, I thought, okay, let's see how this goes. Bought it in, developed it totally black. Um, uh, now, because this is positive paper, if that was negative paper, it would essentially have been totally white because there was just not enough light there hitting it. Because it's positive paper, it was totally black. All right. My flash obviously is nowhere near powerful enough to do that job, but why not just fire the flash more than once? I mean, <laughs> I'm holding the shutter open anyway. I could just fire it as many times as I want. So loaded up another sheet of paper. Out I went again and um, changed the timer to um, timed. So squeeze the bulb once, opens up the shutter and then boof, boof, boof. I think I flashed myself in the face about five or six times. Brought it back in, developed it. And this is um, a Canon 480 flash on full power. Like I said, about two foot away from my face. Um, bouncing into an umbrella thingy. Uh, developed that and essentially still totally black. Um, that's where we were with that. But I could just make out some writing on my t-shirt. So at least there was a sign that it was kind of working. Um, so not wishing to be a defeatist, I thought one more try. The, the direct positive paper is not the cheapest paper. I didn't really want to waste it all on what is essentially a very stupid idea. So loaded it up again, went outside, blah, blah, blah. This time I flashed myself 12 times. Um, at close range, I moved the flash round to the other side of my face so I could get it even closer and blammed myself square in the eyes 12 times. Um, I've probably done permanent retina damage. Uh, rushed back in, developed it, and um, it's still super, super dark, but definitely you can make out my face in it. I think my mother could pick me out of that darkness from that picture. Um, so the theory works, maybe if I did, I don't know, 25 flashes, something like that, it might work. Um, but obviously every time I flash, standing as still as I possibly can, there's some slight movement. So it's blurred and uh, and also life is too short and my batteries are not going to last that long. So I'm, I'm regrettably drawing a line underneath using direct positive paper to take a portrait at night with one not terribly powerful flash. Um, it was a great idea, I'm sure you will agree. <laughs> but sadly, the execution has let me down. Maybe if I had one of those big, powerful studio lamps, uh, maybe that would have worked. But look, I gave it a college try. So I'm trying to decide what to do next. Um, I've got everything set up. I've got the lights outside. I've got the intrepid camera, the green mini outside. Um, that's all done and ready and set up. So it seems silly to not have a go with some film. I've got some Fomapan, the last of my Fomapan uh, loaded up. So I've got a few sheets of that. Um, so I think that's what I'm gonna try next. Um, I really wanted to be able to 
take a picture, check and see how it come out and go again. But I, I'm not going to be able to do that. So I think I'm going to take a few pictures on the foam pan. I might develop it tonight. It's getting a bit late. It's gone 10 o'clock. Um, but we'll see. <sighs> this seemed like such a good idea. Um, okay, onwards. I did think quite a lot about what I wanted to portray with my self-portrait, um, especially after listening to Rachel's show and the wonderful conversation that she had with her friend Steph and the picture that she produced um, and talking about all the reason that it was what it was, um, about the location and the backdrop and how it was all meaningful and what at least to her, she was trying to evoke. And obviously, anybody looking at it is going to take what they want from it and different things. But to Rachel, it was um, it was meaningful, and I I really liked that. And I I I wanted to try and do something like that myself, um, but I actually really struggled to to pin down what it was. Um, because what I've realised is that I sharing is not always the easiest thing to do like to open yourself up to be a very open book is not the easiest thing um yeah that's part of the reason why i'm i don't particularly enjoy this thing of just sitting here in front of a computer talking to you um not i don't love i mean i love talking to you you're great it's not you it's me uh, but i far prefer the dynamic when there's somebody else here with me to to talk to and to be with and to not have all the focus on me because I don't really feel like that's good for me. Um, so I'm not sure where this was going really. But anyway, the pictures that I had in mind that I was talking about in that last section um, that I've been trying to take was well, well, actually, I never really got to the point of trying to take posed pictures as such because it was more just well can I even make an image with this direct positive paper um since I took those pictures I've had a few conversations particularly with uh, Nasser Hamid um who was I think slightly appalled by the way I approached it um he did point out to me that the umbrella that I used was less letting less light hit me than using one of the shoot through umbrellas would and he also suggested that I may have been likely to either blind myself or blow my flash fast or whatever it was um by just repeatedly firing it but you know he's a big old worry war um but I didn't actually get at that point to the point of trying to take posed pictures um I did get back out there like I said I was going to I got out and tried shooting a few sheets of film and did pose for those and I guess the look I was going for was my default which is um podcast full and that does feel like something of a complete cop out so as the podcast was already clearly going to be late I decided to call in some help and get some last just after the last minute advice from somebody who I dearly wanted to talk to about self-portraits anyway and that is the wonderful Dee Alicia. We spoke to Dee back in early 2018. Um, she is a photographer who focuses on self-portraits and portraits portraits of others but particularly the self-portraits. Um, she's done shows, she's currently working on a book that she kickstarted a while back. Um, 
and she gave me some great advice. So without any further ado, here's me and Dee. What I wanted to ask you about, Dee, is um, oh, there's a few things with regards to self-portraits. Um, some kind of more on the inspiration side and some on the nuts and bolts side because I have had a go at making some self-portraits now. Yeah. Um, I did a few the other night and, uh, well, for one thing, I think I overcomplicated the process, <laughs> which is a, yeah. a, it's a very me thing to do. Um <laughs> And the other thing is that I feel like I, in terms of the way that I kind of presented myself in them, I took the easy way out. Um, And so uh, essentially what I did was I kind of pratted around in the pictures and went, well, people think I'm kind of an idiot on the podcast, so I'm just going to present myself as kind of an idiot in these pictures, which is, you know, it's fun and it was a good thing to do um, and it was an easy thing to do because being an idiot comes pretty naturally to me. Um, But I wanted to kind of try and push myself beyond that a bit and I know that you are, by your very nature, you're quite a shy person, yeah, yeah, definitely. And, and yet you managed to make um, self-portraits that they certainly don't invoke the shyness. Um, I, I don't know quite the right way to describe them, but you know, you you managed to make impactful self-portraits despite your shyness and despite you know all that's entailed with putting yourself in front of the camera like that. Yeah. Um, have you got any advice on either a headspace to get into or a way of approaching it that might help me to make something that maybe I feel is I don't know a a bit more meaningful as a self-portrait um what I tend to do um when I when I started it it was different because I I never studied photography so all the cameras that I bought all the film cameras the best way for me to learn how to use them was just to use them and that's why I started shooting myself um, what I tend to do is, is you find a little, like whatever the setting is that you want to place yourself in, because it's not just you that you have to think about. It's like the background and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and I, I shoot a lot of stuff just in my flat at home. So, um, you know, I, I have a thing for fairy lights and stuff like that. Um, so I tend to just find a little corner whatever that is I want to shoot in and then you know place myself in it yeah Um, other than that I don't I don't really um I I I think it's important not to get too caught up in you don't want it to look too overposed or stiff and stuff like that most of the the self-portraits that I end up liking it tend to be the shots where I'm like I've got five shots left in this role what am I going to shoot and I just quickly shoot those laughs last five shots and they tend to be the ones I like better than the ones that I sort of set up for whatever reason um but but yeah I I just try to have fun when I do it and I mean it's like I always say to people if they saw the pictures that I don't post you know I've got tons of like ridiculously bad ones um of you know my camera falling over with the shots <laughs> being taken and and all came, the cats you know the cats photobomb like, <laughs> all the time but if I try to set up self portraits with them in it they won't sit you know yeah. so I've I've got loads of really 
really bad self-portraits. Um, but, um, I mean, I don't know. I, I just try to have fun and I work with the environment that I'm in and just try to, to utilise that. Yeah. Uh, how much are you thinking about... Um, because your work has a fairly consistent theme to it in, in terms of the way that you... Um, sort of the you that you present and and you know whilst it is you know it is um it is uh sort of the leisure d it is you know it is not necessarily the you when you're behind the camera well, well i don't know what but you know what I mean? it is it is a, a mask that you're putting on despite the fact you're not clearly not wearing a mask but um yeah do you always have you know a fairly consistent idea of the way you want to when you're posing when you're setting up the shots about how you want to present yourself for these pictures um yeah i i, I suppose so um like because I, I, I come from it through modeling and, and the way that um i mean i think that's what i liked about shooting self-portraits you have no control when you're modeling for somebody else and they, they present you whatever way that is um and, and that's why I like that element of control with um, how I portray myself in self-portraits. But um, I, I don't know, with me, I'm really tall. So most of the time I'm just trying to make sure that I, you know, get all of me in the shot if that's <laughs> what I want. You know, I've got loads of head cut off and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, yes, but, the, the technical... I have to, the, the pictures I took the other day, because as I said, I did overcomplicate it um, mm. because I thought, well... I'm, I shot it on four by five with a flash at night um, yeah. by myself. And so um, like the basic framing, uh, I'm in all of the, I'm within the frame on all of the pictures, but I'm definitely just kind of a bit more to the side than I would yeah. have liked. It's, um, yeah. yeah, I do that all the time. I sometimes use a cushion like from, you know, like just a, a cushion off the chair sometimes to place, you know, when I'm, I'm setting up, the shot and I look through it and then you know move the cushion and put myself in that position sometimes um yeah. but it, it's harder I mean if you're in a it's easier for me to do that if I'm shooting in the house whereas if I'm outside you just don't you know you don't know what you're going to get um most of the time unless I've shot some polaroids and then I can see what I'm what I'm getting and where I am um but yeah <laughs> yeah do you have to be in a certain frame of mind to do self-portraits? Is this something you can kind of go, oh, yeah, I, I, I want to do some work tonight, I'm going to get, get some, or, or do you have to be in the right headspace to get what you want out of a session taking pictures? Well, yeah, I went for a period um, when I lived in my last apartment, um, which was about two years ago, where I, I, for like a whole year, I shot nearly every week. Um, at least once a week and I, I had a thing about going out to shoot at night um, so yeah I, de I, I definitely don't I have to be in the mood to do it and it, that sort of project was really fun to do because it was just going out at like four or five in the morning and finding places to shoot um, and I mean I've not shot all the self-portraits in, in, in ages I think I did some in the run up to Christmas so it's been a while um, and I miss doing it because I think you you have to to get better at it. You have to keep practicing, don't you? So you have to just keep taking photographs. Um, but yeah, I don't I don't just yeah. I definitely have to be in the mood. Um, sometimes it's just that I bought something new. I have a thing for props and stuff. Yeah, which is just happens to be things that I have in my apartment, and I think my work 
a lot of the time is just about showing people things I like. So sometimes I just sort of shoehorn, you know, Twin Peaks pictures and stuff like that. And it's like just showing people the sort of things that you're into. So if I I bought something like that, then I'd be like, I need to take a picture with that. Um, So, yeah. Um, How how long have you been doing the self-portraits for now, Dee? Because I've got a head like a seven, I can't remember. Um, It must be eight years, maybe. Yeah. That's that's a good yeah, long that's, time. Yeah, cause that's a long time. But but my early ones were were when I was still modelling and they weren't. <laughs> there's probably a couple of them floating around somewhere on Tumblr. But um, but yeah. Can you see when you look at them? Because I'm kind of fascinated by um, whether or not you look at the last eight years worth, or at least you know the, the ones you've got still with you, and. Do you see much of a transition? Do you see changes, not either within yourself, just physically, as is that being documented, or in the way that you are choosing to portray yourself over the years? Has that shifted, uh, or or is it because it's like, no, this is the D in front of the camera, it's fairly stable? Um, I don't know. I've never really thought about that. I think... Um... I think my work's changed with with the I the more I've learned I think in the different cameras that I've got and the different films that I've sort of used and stuff um I'd say my my work probably used to be a lot more basic whereas now I think um in terms of where what would be in the picture it would it would usually just be portraits and stuff that I would do whereas now I very much it's more me in different environments and lots of other stuff going on um I mean, there's still loads that I, I want to do with, with self-portraits. Um, so it's quite weird to think that I've been doing it eight years because I still feel like I've got nowhere near <laughs> what I want to shoot um, in self-portraiture. But, but yeah, um, I, my early stuff is probably a bit, um, maybe a bit gloomy mm-hmm. when I look at it now, whereas now my stuff, I think, is a lot more colourful and, and bright and happy and whatever. Um so yeah, I think I've changed in that way, maybe. Um, and I mean, is that is that a reflection of just where you are in your life now? Is it, or is it just a change in aesthetic tastes over the time? Do you think? No, I think it's yeah. I think it's just um, things that have changed in my life, yeah, through the years and and moving and being in a a better place and a happier place and stuff like that. Um, definitely, yeah, I would say. I mean, how when you're taking your pictures? Because I, I, you know, I've I, I chatted with a psychologist and the other day, and it was fantastic. Liz was wonderful. Um, and the, the thing that I find fascinating about self-portraits is that they are the most controlled way we can present an image of ourselves. I mean, we literally everything is under our control, um, and so we get to make all the choices about what we share and what we don't share. Um, with your pictures. Ha- do you have an idea of what you want people to take away from them when they look at them? You know, is or are you trying to keep, um, you know, leave it very ambiguous and leave people up to draw what they want from your pictures? A bit of both, I think. I think. I mean, I've done some sort of little projects that are have like a a sort of meaning behind them and a story, and sometimes I've written about that. Um, but then also I think I just, I like to leave, yeah, up to the viewer to decide what's going on in it. Because sometimes I find that that's what's quite difficult about 
photography in general it's it sometimes feels like if if you your images don't have like a big meaning behind them and it has to be some deep thing particularly as a female photographer I get a little frustrated by that whereas sometimes I think why can't I just be taking pictures because they're pretty pictures you know um so yeah I think a bit of both um what is it because you were saying that you don't feel like even after eight years of doing this there's still so much more that you want to do what is it about the self-portrait and what where is it you want to go with it what what are the things that you're still excited to explore with it uh well i've got a, a project that i know i'm going to start on once i once i finish my book stuff um which is a real sort of thing to do with my childhood um and that's going to be more um that's going to challenge me because I, I think I'm going to have to build some sort of like sets for it and stuff like that mm-hmm. um, rather than just working with stuff in the house or outside, yeah. um, which I haven't done before because um, I, I really want to, to challenge myself with that. That sounds um, really exciting. So sort of taking very sort of stage scenes for you to put yourself in. Yeah, it's just, it's basically like things from my childhood. So so rooms and, and things that I remember from my childhood, that, I mean, they're obviously not going to look exactly like they were um, back then, but sort of things like that that I want to place myself in, but now as an adult. Um, so yeah, that, that'll, be, that'll be new for me because um, I've never done that sort of stuff. Um, that sounds like a really exciting project to undertake. It sounds as though there's going to be lots of problem solving involved in it, which is, can always be yeah. quite good fun. Yeah, and my plan is to sort of try and, like, I have a thing about whenever I've got new pictures, I just want to post them because I just love having new pictures, whereas with this, I'm going to try and stop myself from doing that until I've completed it, you know, um, and see if I can do that, just hold them back and then release it as, like, a completed project. Um, that's the plan, so... <laughs> yeah. Well, you, you've got quite a lot of experience now with having your work shown and you're working on the, the getting the book out at the moment. Um, has that influenced, I mean, well, clearly it has from what you're saying, the, the way you're now approaching work going forward in the way that you disseminate that out there? Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I've taken a step back with the sort of submitting my work to places because sometimes, um, I don't know, I think you can be a little harsh on yourself if your work doesn't get accepted somewhere. Um, and, and like I said earlier as well, sometimes I feel a little bit disillusioned by that, where as a female photographer, my I have to be doing something to, you know, be doing something about femininity or, mm. or being a woman. And sometimes I, I just think, oh, it's too much pressure a little bit. Um, yeah. And I, I've started, yeah, over the last couple of years, you know, I just want to make work for me and then hopefully people will get something out of it. Um, but I'm, I've just sort of eased up on myself a bit about that, about submitting. And, and it, I mean, I've had a recent exhibition, but that's the, the first thing I've been involved in for quite a while. Um, but, yeah. Are, are you looking, because you said you've had quite a break since you last really did any self-portrait work. Are you kind of looking forward to when you get back into it again, to seeing what's changed over the last few months because we, we're always changing we're always getting older and just you yeah know, uh, is that exciting or is there any element of, of dread that's like oh no <laughs> what happened yeah I mean it's like I said if I think if you're, if you're not constantly taking pictures you're not learning are you need to like I, I sometimes I mean I still do take photos and stuff I was on holiday recently and I did some pictures with my my friend on holiday but um 
but yeah it'll be interesting to set my camera up and and I'm saving for like a large format camera for this this other project so it'll be trying to use completely new equipment again which um but I find stuff like that quite exciting um I like sort of not knowing how something works and trying to figure it out and things. It's um, good fun. <laughs> As I can yeah. see from my night of prattling about the other day, it's it's good fun. And actually, you think with large format, it's yeah, not that hard. If I took four, I mean, ignoring all the stuff I wasted on trying to shoot paper first, but I took four frames on large format and kind of all of them came out, even though I was shooting flash and just kind of guessing. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's not that hard. Um, but I did want to ask you about some, get some technical advice because so far I've had sort of two attempts at taking pictures and um, they've both had their issues. So the large format obviously was fairly complicated and quite slow. And um, mm -hmm. whilst I was able to develop the four pictures that I took reasonably quickly, but I, I had four pictures at the end of it. Um, and luckily, certainly three, you know, borderline four of them came out okay. But um, yeah. What kind of setup do you tend to use these days? Um, like what type of camera? Or... Yeah, yeah. And I mean, because I mean, you're saying that you're shooting a lot indoors um, in your own flat, you know, cameras, do you, what do you use in the way of artificial lighting if you use any? What tips have you got for getting a setup? Because maybe I can take more pictures and, and try and get more from it. Like you were saying, the fact that sometimes maybe I need to get through half a roll before I even relax into what I'm doing. Yeah. Um my my setup's quite simple. Um I like my favorite camera um which has been my favorite camera for a few years is that is is an Olympus um Mu I think it's it's called it's like yeah. a a compact 35mm camera. Yeah. Um, so you basically have no manual control with that other than you know turn flash on flash off and there's like a night setting or whatever but I, I basically use that a tripod um I don't I recently bought my first ever light like artificial light mm -hmm. um, which I've not used yet um so up until that point I've never had any other lighting um I have a little reflector that I sometimes use for polaroids for you know for light in the face um but I, other than that I use lamps fairy lights um very much ambient light um in the house and I, I just sort of when I'm shooting self-portraits you just sort of look down at yourself and you see where the light is essentially and sometimes you know you won't know but um until the photos come out whether your face is in shadow or whatever but, but my, my process is very very simple um I think that's the best way well that, that's what's worked for me at least yeah. Because I know when we talked last time, you've tried quite a few different cameras and stuff over the years, haven't you? What is it about the Mew? Because that would definitely not have been my assumption that that was a sort of go-to camera because yeah, it's got believe, yeah. I mean, it's got a small viewfinder. Um, mm. As you said, you've got really limited control. Um, what is it about the Mew that's worked out so well for you? I think it's just the lens on it. I'm I'm constantly amazed about what that lens does. It's It's really good. I mean, obviously... I have no control over what it does, but the bokeh and stuff like that that I get out of it is is really amazing. Um, when it gets it right, um, and I, I don't know. Um, I just think it's a really good camera. It really is, and it's I've shot in it in the rain and stuff as well. It's waterproof. Yeah, um, which is really good. Um, how, how do you deal with the focusing on that? Because it's an autofocus camera, but mm. you can't focus it on yourself because you're not there. So how do you yeah. deal with that side of things? You just, I just, I don't know. You just, you just 
<laughs> you just hope it gets you. Well, I mean, there's tons of photos where I'm totally out of focus and they end up being really good photos. I think my little um, profile picture on Skype is one of the photos that is out of focus on that camera and I love that picture. Yeah, so you just lean into it. <laughs> yeah, I think I think it's just, I think a lot of it's instincts when you start using stuff. You, yeah. you start just instinctively know what you're getting with that camera and you just go for it. Um I don't know. I guess, I guess I quite enjoy that sort of element of, well, let's see what what I've got. <laughs> and I get plenty of rolls of film where I'm like, every single shot is crap. <laughs> but I don't know. I I just find it quite fun. Um, what what kind? Of, yeah, I know you you mostly shoot color. Are there any particular films that you found have worked well? Are you shooting fairly high speed film because it doesn't look as though you're using flash on camera flash in really any of your pictures or at least not often um, or am I wrong is it a, a mixture of both? I tend to use on camera flash with when I'm shooting other people sometimes yeah. um, because I can tell that it's going to work for that um, but yeah um, I, I do shoot I did go through a period of um shooting very low speed film like um is it velvia and you like cross process it and mm-hmm. so you get really really crazy um effects with it um i wouldn't shoot anything over 800 unless it was during the day um but yeah i, I tend to use very 200 400 speed film um i i really like very very much saturated colors rather than sort of washed out stuff yeah, um, and Ectochrome has come back, which um, I've got a roll of that, which is the first roll of it that I shot that I've not finished yet um, to see what that's like because I never, I only ever shot expired Ectochrome because it obviously sort of went out as I was getting into photography. Um, yeah. But um, yeah, I, I like sort of I like I like pictures that just don't look like real life because color in real life is not really that that great is it so um yeah if you shoot digital you can see how flat it is really um so with film i like it to just look very very saturated very grainy or and have colors that are not really true to life um yeah yeah and you're using the self-timer on the camera so i that means you're yeah, it's like 12, 12 seconds, 12 I think. 12 seconds, yeah. so quite a lot of dashing backwards and forwards and kind of throwing yourself. Do you... The thing that is super hard is like trying to um, pre-visualise, oh, this is where I'm going to be, uh, yeah. I'm going to stand like this, and do you do all of that before you even hit the shutter, or is it more a case of, okay, hit the shutter, run there, strike a pose, a kind of thing? A bit of both. I mean, the thing I always struggle with is what I'm doing with my face in self-portraits. That's what always gets me. Like, you, you run, you press the button and you run back and then you're like, all right, I don't want to look, like, too posed or, you know, all my tension always goes to my face. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's probably why I do quite a lot of um, nude stuff and things like that. So my face is hidden or the focus is not on my face because it's just easier Um because I, I do, yeah, I do struggle with what to do with my face. That's, that's such a bizarre way. I, I mean, I, I completely understand. But the fact that your sort of solution to, I feel self-conscious about my face, so I'm just going to pose nude because that will <laughs> that will distract people's attention from my face. Well, the, thing, the thing is with clothes, though, as well, like I have loads of cool clothes and um, 
if I was modeling, I'd, I'd have loads of stuff to shoot in. But the thing with clothes is, is there's a whole other problem um, then that you get, like sometimes the clothes sort of just sit uncomfortably or, yeah. you know, straps are sort of not, you know, sit in the right way and stuff so it's just always been easier for me to be like i'll just be naked yeah um, people must think that i just love running around naked and i i don't i would not like get naked in front of people but <laughs> <laughs> you've just disappointed a lot of people i'm sure Jean. <laughs> but it's no i mean I'm, I'm completely yeah self-conscious about stuff like that but in photos i don't know i, I don't really have a shyness about it um mm. it's, just, it's just easier i guess um to just do that. <laughs> do, do you feel like a disassociation with the pictures that you've taken? Can you, do you look at those the pictures and go, oh, that, that's a picture of the model that I was shooting? You know, or, or when, I mean, I suppose you must do, because you said you're quite a shy person, but you must be able to, in some way, separate that part of your brain from the part that is quite comfortable doing this and sharing it then. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I think I'm just exploring stuff and exploring myself with with self-portraits so um I mean yeah um I don't really think about it too much um yeah yeah when it comes to clothes um I think that the problem you're describing if if anything it's maybe worse for men because the the options for men are so limited in terms of wardrobe um Because what do you, I mean, have you got, obviously probably more from being behind the camera than in front of, because um, you're you're not a man, um, but have you got any suggestions for, for approaching, bearing in mind that um, uh, anybody who has to see this portrait probably will not be thrilled if I get naked, although I did, I did take a shirtless, <laughs> just because, you know, you've got to upset the listeners somehow, <laughs> um, but um, any, any tips for if you're going to wear clothes for this kind of thing, if you have to, if you're going to force yourself to wear clothes, yeah. what is a good idea to go for um, in things that are more likely to work well? Hmm. Well, I think well, you can go either way. You could go um, the, the jeans and vest or T-shirt thing is is one of the things that um, Faye and I do quite a lot because it's just a it's a very simple thing, um, particularly if you're shooting outside and there's a lot going on in the, the background, then wearing something very simple. But then we also do the opposite of that. We've got a thing about sequins and stuff like that because that's very good for you know, light to bounce off it. Yeah. Um, so it depends if you've got, I mean, it's like I said, I buy stuff sometimes specifically because I think, ooh, that'll look really good in a shirt. And then I never shoot it. <laughs> so I just have racks of like <laughs> sequin stuff, which I do wear, you know, um, but I never take pictures in. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I, I like bright and colourful stuff in, in photographs mostly. Um but, I mean, I don't know that work for, for men. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, when I, I look... sh- Sorry. <laughs> no, I was going to say, I look at my wardrobe and go, well, <laughs> mm. I, I, this is just a disaster. This is at best functional in that it covers my body and none of it is appealing to look at. I mean, uh, it's it's a tricky problem. Um, yeah, men, men's clothing, um, or at least the stuff that I have, is just, it's not great. Um any other last tips you can give me or anybody else who uh, wants to have a go at making a self-portrait and, and maybe somebody who doesn't feel comfortable or confident making a self-portrait or just um, any good starter tips for us? Um, 
Well, I would I would say just try to have fun with it, like, and and don't be hard on yourself when they don't work out. Because, like I said, I, I have tons of pictures that don't work out. At the end of the day, it's it's not like you're shooting another person and you know if I shot a model and then had to message them and said well this roll of film didn't come out you know it's, it's only you that's seeing it so it doesn't matter if it doesn't work out um but I would just try to focus on I mean if you don't like showing your face I mean you could do the nude thing <laughs> like I <did>. um, <laughs> that is the only option if you don't like showing your face we do insist you remove all your clothes <laughs> <laughs> oh well, I suppose you don't necessarily have to do that. You could do a sort of like um, Ren Hang thing. He used he used all sort of weird stuff where he'd cover people's heads with clothing and things like that, wouldn't mm. he? But but yeah, um, I I just think it's important to have fun with it, and there's yeah. no point if you're not enjoying taking the photographs. Um, yes, yeah. and I think you the thing you you said is absolutely right in that one obviously just have fun with it but also um these are self-portraits and so you can be if you want the only person who ever sees these pictures yeah yeah exactly (laughs) i've got i mean i've got hundreds of pictures that no one's ever seen um of me (laughs) yeah yeah so you have total control over it um yeah Thank you so much for all your help and advice, Dee. Uh, whether it'll ever get a decent self-portrait out of me is anyone's guess. But it's... I'm sure you will. It's like if, if I sent you my my early ones, that are they're, they're terrible. So <laughs> we all start somewhere with it. As previously mentioned, Dee is an utter delight and if you listen very closely you may even have heard one of our cats purring throughout that recording Um, so thank you so much to Dee Uh, and her advice was incredibly useful although perhaps a little bit too late for me for this particular assignment Um, but this will not be the last time I take self-portraits so it'll be very good going forwards Um, and anyway there was always the matter of the last attempt at taking pictures uh, as alluded to in that dark shed. How did that go? Well, let's go back to the dark shed for one last visit. You join me now as I gently rock some hopefully pictures uh, in the fixer. I thought I'd have a quick catch up here. So this is still the same evening as the previous evening when I was trying to take pictures on direct positive paper. Um, I, I did give up on that as a not very good idea and decided to shoot a few frames of um, FOMA 100, which I had already loaded up. Because, you know, like I said, the setup was all out there. It would be crazy not to try and do something. Um, the time is now, let's have a quick look. Yeah, it's, it's five to 12 now and I'm developing these negatives because I'm impatient. Uh, the fact that it got so late means that I probably got quite a little more careless with taking the pictures and I didn't exactly start out at a high bar so whether any of these will have come out I don't know um, so these are four by five sheets I'm developing these uh, using a Patterson orbital tank um, so this is a um, light tight tank which was originally made for making um, color prints for developing color prints at home 
um, and it's ideal for doing four four by five negs or one um, eight by ten neg. Uh, the only thing I had to do with it was I had to put a bit of um, goopy spots at the bottom. Um, I think I used some silicon sealant, just little spots, so that the negatives didn't sit completely flat on the bottom of it. Otherwise, they can stick to it, and then the developer can't move all around. But um, I got it as part of a load of stuff I got when I bought my developer, uh, my developer, my enlarger a few years ago, and um, it's been hugely useful. It's it's nice and easy to use. Uh, it's very easy to load. Um, I don't use the rotating bit with it. I just uh, rocket by hand just like a, it's just like a covered tray basically um so that's great super super easy to work with and the developer i'm using is the wonderful fomadon lqn um because i've got some of that uh but this is the fresh stuff not the completely fragged stuff that i tried using the other week um it clearly is not a developer that you want to leave for very long once it's opened i think i opened the bottle can't been that many weeks ago when i was last doing some um four by five sheets uh came back to it and um it had turned a very dark color it's a clear developer when it's fresh and turns very dark when it's not and i tried developing one sheet that i knew was pretty screwed anyway and it did not even bring up an image so uh it was worth a try um but i did then bin it even i know when to draw a line ah oh, um I'm kind of hoping I got something from this. I did my I did my best to try and focus. I did my best with the lights, but I'm not very good with the lights at the best of time. Um, so yeah, we will we will see. Um, where are we at now? So that's probably had enough time. Okay, right, I'm going to put this down here. Um, okay, sit there. Right, I'm going to stop that timer. Do I want to stop it? Yes. I use um, anybody who's doing only home developing. Uh, this is an app I would highly recommend. This is the cop off the mix back up. Um, the film developer app on Android, super super useful. Uh, anybody who is developing at home, I cannot recommend. So this has been fixed now. I haven't washed it yet, but I just want to uh, let me because I'm in my dark shed uh, still. I'm putting a glove so I can lift some of these out without actually. Um, rinsing them yet and just see if I can hold it to light and con confirm or deny whether we have any pictures on here let's have a look <laughs> yes we have pictures um pretty stupid pictures I'm gonna go ahead and say but we have at least got one image of me being an idiot Woo! Okay, I'm gonna go and rinse these now and maybe even rinse that uh, paper negative from earlier so I can share that with you too. Oh, this is just so much fun. Also, I've probably got to get some sleep at some point. Um, you're, the chance of you having a show by Thursday, very, very small. Woo indeed, listeners. I got some pictures. They may not have been the thoughtful works of art thoughtful works of self-reflective art that i've maybe been hoping for but they definitely reflect something um about my personality and about um what i do and um how would i describe them well i mean stupid i think is probably definitely the best the best describing word i can think of and really you should just go to uh, I don't know, they'll, they'll be somewhere, either sunny16podcast.com 
or Instagram or um, you know anywhere anywhere there. I'm sure they will appear. Um, and out of the four sheets of film that I shot, I actually got well, let's say three decent images in terms of exposure with the flash and everything uh, and one that was kind of okay didn't work quite as well as i'd have hoped i tried doing one multiple exposure um and that kind of half worked um but the rest came out pretty well i'm actually pretty pleased with how they turned out all things considered um so yeah it was a, a good fun experience and worth staying up far far too late doing that um so I suppose this is the part of the show where I now reflect on the whole experience. Uh, I think what I've learned from this is that I should stop prevaricating, um, but I never will. So what are you going to do? Um, even as I record this, uh, it's half past one in the morning, the day after the podcast should have gone out. So better late than never. I did really enjoy doing this. Um, it's, it made me think about a lot of stuff. It made me try doing something which I used to do quite frequently. Um, I used to, as I mentioned earlier in the show, I used to quite enjoy using myself as a model to really play around um, in a way that you can't do with other people. You know, it's it's even if you've got family who you can bully into being models for you, there's no way they'll tolerate the kind of nonsense and have the patience for the kind of stuff that we want to do as photographers sometime. So being able to use yourself as a model is just, it's a great fun thing to do. And I really hadn't delved into that since picking up film um, because it always seemed like it would be more tricky and you can't see the results straight away and blah 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 uh, but if I can have fun and get decent results taking pictures on large format at night with off-camera flash I'm pretty sure we can all get there with whatever we're using um, so I think that's been the real highlight for me is just picking up something and there's so many ideas buzzing around in my head now of other things that I want to do and I certainly want to take these advice and get out there with some different cameras um get out there with the 35 mils I've got yeah I know I've got cameras out there with self timers on um I think do some more stuff with flash as well yeah, I've got all these lights and I've used them like twice now so I guess that's pretty good um as for the experience of making the podcast, um, would I choose to do this on my own? Will I be suggesting we make solo shows again in the future? I think that's probably a hard pass for a multitude of reasons. The first one is that I clearly can't be trusted to make a solo show um, because it will not go out on time and I will leave it all far too late. So there's that. Also, I just really don't enjoy this whole sitting, talking to the computer kind of thing. Um, and my control freak brain means I end up kind of going back and editing and chopping and re-recording uh, probably far more than I should do. I should just let it go and let relax, but I can't because that's me. And just like with the self-portrait, I want to be in control. With the show, I want to be in control as well in a way that I don't find a problem when I'm with somebody else. So I'm going to stick in future to only recording with my bezer buddies, with Rach and Aid, and I can't wait till next week, till we are all hooked back up again. I hope, listeners, that between 
Rachel's show and Aid's show and um, what we've done this evening, um, that it has given you the confidence, maybe inspired you to give this a go yourself. It's it's just a fun thing to do. And as we said with Dee, the great thing is that if they turn out terribly, you can be the only one that ever sees them. You've got literally nothing to lose by having a go at this. Um, and, you know, if nothing else, just make them silly. We can all be silly. And like I said, that's ultimately what I ended up doing. Uh, and it can just be a fun way to pass some time. And I really hope you do give it a try. Um, next week, we are going to be catching up the three of us and chatting about how things went and hopefully we're going to have some audio from people who have also tried it out i know we've also already got something from hillary and matthew joseph has sent us something in and we'd love some more so either send us in an audio recording or uh, write to us at sunny16podcast.com and tell us your experiences with it or if you really don't you know, have an absolute phobia of making a self-portrait, write in and tell us why, um, because that would be interesting to hear too. Uh, I think that does it. I definitely think that does it. Um, I want to say thank you again to Liz and to Dee for being wonderful um, and patient with me and my stupid questions and um, thank you all for listening to the last three shows uh, I guess one more to come in some ways all about self-portraits I hope you have enjoyed them I hope you've got something from them this is a new thing that we're trying um, the next assignment will be something completely different and we'll approach it in a completely different way so if you haven't enjoyed this don't worry next time will be probably absolutely nothing like this um, I will play you out, as I promised, with the full version of the song that's been ripping through this podcast. Uh, the song is called Finally Forgive, and it is by the band The Epstein. Uh, I will put a link to where you can find more of their stuff in the show notes, but they are brilliant. I really love their music, and um, I hope you do too, and thank you very much to them for letting me use it for this podcast until next week listeners thank you very much for listening and goodbye so unwise so unwise you and the things that you do i hate